Well, hello and welcome to Coffee with Colleen. We have a very special guest with us today and she really worked around our schedule because she's in Australia, uh, <laughs> like a lot of our friends that we've had here before. Um, but she is really working out her time zone to be with us today. So I want to thank you for that. Uh, but let me introduce you to our guest. Her name is Rochelle Marie and she worked her way from entry-level roles into leadership positions twice after taking a 12-year gap to raise children. So a lot of us are familiar with that. But she was not pretending to be somebody she's not, which is important. After one too many stories from career moms who were literally vomiting on their way to work, and that broke my heart when I read that mm -hmm. because I know people like that too, uh, a lot of times due to toxic managers, she decided enough was enough and she used her entrepreneurial spirit and now empowers and inspires women to get their leadership role where they can make a difference. So I appreciate you. We've been, Rochelle and I have been talking a lot. Now you go by both like Rochelle Marie or do you just go by Rochelle? No, just Rochelle. Just yeah. Rochelle. Marie okay. was like a simplification of surnames are too difficult. And so, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, how do I pronounce this one? Oh, good. She just goes by Rochelle Marie. <laughs> yeah, Rochelle's fine. <laughs> That's good. Um, but th thanks for being here. And thank you for taking this, this important topic on in your life. Um, because I know so many women uh, and we were talking and we were chatting pre-show, so many women who either are done raising their children and they've had that gap and they think life's over, I can't get a job, I can't go back to work, or maybe they get a job just working at some local place, or if they try to get back into business, they run into all these hurdles. Um, and like, you know, what you had said where the women were vomiting and just on their way to work because it's like, oh, I need this job or I want this job, or I don't want to be sitting home, but I've got to deal with toxic relationships in the workplace. Yeah. Yeah. And there are things you can do with toxic relationships, which we've spoken about on the show before. But unfortunately, if you're either married to them, they're in your family or they're your boss. There's so many limit. There's too many limits on what you can do. So I, I'm not quite sure where to start. There's so many places that we can start with this, but um, let's, let's just talk about leadership in general. So you said that women should take the lead to make a difference. I mean, I, the easy thing is how do you do that? But where does that begin? Does that begin like before you get the job? Does that start in the workplace? Where does that start? Yeah, I think, uh, first of all, thank you for having me on today. I really appreciate it. And um, I'm more than happy to get up early for you. So <laughs> thank you. Um, and I have had coffee, so I'm not going to fall asleep as we talk, which is yeah. always helpful. Um, <laughs> so leadership, I think it starts with mums. It starts with being a mum. We're, we're natural leaders when we're mothers. And so I think that's one of the reasons we make such good leaders later on in life. And that's not to say that not having children means you can't be a good leader, but it does give you that special something to bring with you. So I think that that's, um, that's where it starts. And then from there, the one thing that I find a lot with my clients, with, with career mums, is that that step where we've, um, you know, taken time out, had our children, we tend to lose a little bit of ourselves. There's just this little piece that kind of splits off. We get a new piece with the title of mum, but there's a little bit of confidence that when we step back into our careers, uh, it's it's dipped away and we need to work out a way to reclaim that and step into that leadership piece of us that we have naturally. Um, and then we get to make a difference 
and and for me there's so many ways that as leaders we get to make a difference um one is is ourselves we get to become the the best version of ourselves which i think you know we all want to be we get to role model for our children um you know how it is to be a woman in this century and lead the way and lead the way for our kids and then we get to make a difference for these women and men that are struggling with going to work every day because the managers that they're turning out for have no time for them or you know or worse and and like you said you've you've dealt with toxic people um and unfortunately there's still too many of them and so what I want women to know is that they have the power to make a difference to our world by stepping up and being leaders I totally agree. Let me back up to the confidence issue because that's, I see that in a lot of my clients as well. So what do you think it is about becoming a mother or being at home or what is it that chips away at, because the same thing happened to me. What is it do you think that chips away at at our confidence? Is it the outside world? Is it our own perceptions? Is it someone within our family? Where does that lack of confidence, how does that start chipping away? Where does that happen? Yeah, that's a good question. And I think it's all of the above. So um, we, we step out generally for some period of time, it might be six months, it might be like me 12 years, it might be I've had, you know, friends and colleagues that have been out for 20 years. So it, it, it differs. And just stepping out of that environment when you step back in it feels like a new world it feels like you know and particularly the longer you're out the more things have changed and we know how fast technology changes things but it's not just technology it's culture and um you know other people have progressed in that time in their careers and have become different people as well and so you're stepping back into something that feels quite alien I think um and so that can definitely sort of knock you about a little bit and and wonder who you are now and how you fit in this space. Um, I also think just having children, our focus shifts. And when we, you know, when I was younger, I was, I was on a career track and I knew I had this and I, you know, became a leader at quite a young age at 23, I was in charge of eight people. um, And, you know, I, I knew where I was heading. And then I had my first child who I love and adore. Uh, and all of a sudden I wasn't quite so sure anymore because, you know, she was my world for a time until I had my son. Of course, I love them equally now. Um, and so that that shift in focus, I think, starts to make you wonder, am I cut out for this? Like, should I be doing this? Um, I think becoming a mum, Uh, brings with it the guilt of you know all of the shoulds should I be staying at home should I be back in my career you know it doesn't matter what way you go you're going to feel guilty Uh, so I've always been a strong proponent of going with what feels right for you um, because people are going to judge you no matter what and you're going to feel guilty no matter what so so do the best thing for you yeah I I think I totally agree and I think that when I remember giving up my career and I was pretty much at the top of my my industry and I was a network news anchor. So at 23 years old, and then, you know, I have my first child when I'm 30 and I gave, I didn't think I was going to give it all up, (laughs) but I ended up giving it all up to be a stay-at-home mom. Mm. And I remember my husband was an executive at IBM. And I remember going to a Christmas party and I'd only been home for probably 18 months. I think my, our son was 18 months old at the time. Mm. And 
one of the other, the female executive said to me, how could you give up yourself and be a stay-at-home mom? And what do you do all day? I mean, I would be, I would be so bored. I'm just such an intellectual. I just think my skills would be wasted at home. So there was some of that from the outside. Absolutely. But I was already feeling it on the inside. So it didn't help me at all, you know? Um, So, yeah, so I, I think I agree with you. I think it comes from so many different angles. And then if we hear it from the outside and it starts maybe a little kind of something that's been niggling in the back of our head and we were thinking it and then somebody from the outside says it, it just confirms, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm not valuable. I have lost my edge. I've, you know, and whatnot. So, but being a mom, what type of leadership um, abilities or what type of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Like they're not resume type items, but they can be put on our resume. What, what skills do we develop as a mom that we can take back into the workforce? Oh my goodness. So many, so many skills as a mom. So like to me, the most obvious one is negotiation skills, um, particularly (laughs) once you've got two children, but even with one, right? There's your entire life is negotiating with a toddler. If you can negotiate with a toddler to eat their vegetables, you can negotiate with anybody. I totally agree. I think that, you know, and we we don't take that on, we don't embody that, but that's a, a massive trait that a lot of people don't have and don't do well. Um, so I definitely think that's something we can put on our resume. Uh, one of the other ones, I think for me, and I, I have to admit, I'm still learning this, but is patience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so again, you know, dealing with children, you, you can't be impatient. You can't say, tie your shoelaces right now. I don't care if you've never done it before. We've <laughs> got to get somewhere. Uh, so, you, you know, you need to learn, and this is a great leadership skill, that you can give somebody a task and give them the space to learn it and not hurry them through it. Um, And it's okay to show them more than once, Um, you know, different people learn at different rates and learn in different ways. And as a leader, you need to recognize that and and recognize that not everybody's where you are. We're not born with being able to tie shoelaces Uh, and, you know, staff aren't, don't come into a job knowing all of the parts of the job. So I think, you know, as a, as a mom and as a leader, that's something that you really get to, to embody and bring in and help your staff without making them feel stupid in the process. So. Yeah. I love the whole idea of negotiation. I have a two-year-old grandson and (laughs) it's like, would you like this for breakfast or this for breakfast? And you give them two positive options because it doesn't really matter which one you choose. I'm trying to teach my daughters how to (laughs) right? These are your two positive options. You can either have this or this. And he's two years old and he says, or chocolate. (laughs) Like that's option C. We had A and B. We do not have an option C here, you know? So you're right. If you can negotiate successfully with a toddler who doesn't have to worry about, you know, um, looking good at work or whatever, right? If you can, I never even thought about that, but that's, that is a valuable skill. Mm, it is. You really do do learn. So what about being a mom? Because you said in, in your notes that you can meet, be a difference in the workplace. So what is it that they need to make a difference in? Uh, to me, it is that, that bringing the empathy and the compassion into the workplace. Mm. Uh, traditionally, leaders have been 
seen as good if they have male traits. And that's starting to change. I think particularly the last year we've seen that quite prominent in the media that hmm, maybe those male traits aren't so good after all in leaders uh, and that, you know, the idea of compassion, empathy, collaboration, bringing people with you, those kind of traits that are more stereotypically feminine, um, they are what make a difference in our workplace. And so my ideal world is where men and women have masculine and feminine traits that they are more than happy to show uh, and, you know, make our work lives happy for everybody like it's it should be a place of joy um yes we need to be productive yes we need to get things done and and that's definitely a masculine trait is is the drive and ambition and motivation to get things done but we're there for such a long part of our day we should be having fun as well we want to want to go to work we don't want to you know have the brakes on and be anxious and depressed and have the Monday blues that so many people get, you know, we should be thinking a Sunday night, okay, work tomorrow. What have I got on? Hmm, these are my top three things. Can't wait. Yeah. Can you give an example of like, cause I know you work with women that, you know, to help them bridge this gap and to polish their skills. I don't know if you work with resumes or what else do you do, but you, can you give an example of, of a woman that uh, her story that you've worked with? without giving your name or anything so that we can better understand that, that transition and how that works practically for her. Yeah. So one of my clients, um, I think as women, we quite often can see that we will make good leaders. Uh, and so it's not this idea of, um, I don't, you know, I don't think I'm good enough to be a leader. I don't think that's what comes into it. And so with one of my clients, it was definitely more around, I just don't have the confidence. I don't, you know, I'm not confident in me. I, I know I'm going to make a better leader than my leader is because, um, you know, she's not doing so good. So I know I can do better than that. Uh, I'm just not confident in stepping up into that. And then I'm not sure what I'm going to do when I'm there. What if I don't do it? good enough, you know, and, and I think we put um, a lot of expectations on ourselves to be perfect the minute we step into a new role, which, yeah, clearly is not, is not how it's meant to be. Um, so what we, what we worked on first, and this is with all my clients, we really focus on that inner piece um, of confidence and why are you wanting to do this in the first place and getting real clarity over who you are as a, as a woman and as a mother and as a work person and as a leader. Who are you? What are your strengths? What do you value? What are you going to bring to the workplace when you know your whole package? And just that clarity alone is really powerful. Um, and, and working on that confidence piece with that clarity really allows you to step into the workplace as almost a different person. And she actually has been um, at Christmas time, this particular client went out with old work colleagues. She's, she's now in a new role and she went out with old work colleagues and they were like, who are you? <laughs> You've changed. And she's like, yeah, I have. Uh, and she really owned that. And, um, you know, that was really exciting to her. So definitely that, that inner piece is a big part of stepping into your leadership and starting to make a difference. Um, so uh, yeah, we, we spent at least probably half of our time working on that, working who you are as a leader uh, and 
then being clear on, you know, from there we start to look at some of the leadership skills that you might want to embody and bring them into the workplace as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, definitely, definitely around that confidence piece. And she, I, I think one of the, the pieces that we work on in there is our mindset and how we can use our mindset to become really strong leaders. And by strong leaders, I don't mean authoritarian, you must do this and, you know, do as I say, not as I do, which is what we're often used to. Um, But being able to, you know, one of the things that we work on and I worked on with her was the idea of we get to choose how we interpret events happening around us. And so if you're dealing with a difficult boss, which unfortunately too many of us are, Mm-hmm. Often we then start coming up with preconceived ideas of how they are treating us. And we, you know, they might say something inane, but our history with them has taught us something and our brain will immediately go to, oh, she's attacking me. You know, that's terrible. And we start to become defensive and we react um, in, in the same kind of way, putting walls up and, you know, bouncing off them. What we can choose to do instead is take a breath and I teach this is, is just, you know, when you're feeling like you're being attacked or, you know, something's not serving you, something's been said or done that isn't serving you, stop and take a breath and then choose a different interpretation. It doesn't matter what the different interpretation is, just change the interpretation. And all of a sudden you've got doubt as to what that initial interpretation that sort of flooded your brain you can start thinking, oh, okay, that's just me. That's not reality. Uh, And so I can choose to respond differently in this situation because I don't know exactly what the the right interpretation is. So I can make the interpretation whatever I choose to. Um, and that for her, for this particular client with a, you know, with a boss that's very frustrating to work with has changed her work day. And so just the other day she said, I turn up now and I'm having fun. And that oh. is an entirely different space from where she was, where she was originally. So yeah, as um, opposed to yeah. getting sick on the way to work on Monday exactly. morning, yeah, or I exactly. had a, I had a friend of mine uh, that was every Sunday night, she hated her job so much that Sundays around two or three o'clock in the afternoon, she started to get physically ill. Yeah. Just er, that early in the day, starting to think about the fact that she had to go to work the following morning. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just so sad. Yeah. So when you're, when you're working with somebody, so what you're doing is extremely valuable and thank you for doing that. And I do know uh, we look, make sure to check in the show notes. We have a link that Rochelle is giving uh, our listeners a complimentary confidence course, a mini little mini course. Um, So we'll have that link in the show notes. And that's good for anybody. I mean, we all can, yeah. I'm sure I'm going to do it. I'm sure we can all, you know, help grow in confidence uh, because there's always something that's niggling in the back of our head that we've got to deal with. Yeah. So what is, what do you find with the women that you're working with? Um, if it's, if there's, there's something consistently that surprises them that they're like, oh, oh my goodness. Like, oh, or aha. Oh, I had no idea. And that they can about their background or their situation, or even the things that you're teaching them that they, they have that aha moment. I definitely think that that piece around um, being able to choose your response and your interpretation, mm-hmm. that's a big aha moment for a lot of my clients. Uh, and, and also 
within that sort of that teaching space, that module, we look at um, how our egos often get in the way of our interpretations. And I think that can be really big because we often don't want to see that it's us. It's always somebody else, right? Um, when we're in those situations and I'm not saying that the other person isn't, isn't a you know, fault. Um, mm. Everybody can definitely do with improving. And the reason I got into this is because people can do with improving in their leadership. But what I've learned is that I am far more responsible for how I'm feeling on any given day than I originally thought I was. Um, and so when we start talking about, you know, how are you letting your ego get in the way of things here? Um, you know, how are you, you, while we lack confidence, we have a good ego at the same time, which sort of seems like a conundrum, but, um, you know, we, we definitely see ourselves as the, as the hero in most situations. That's just naturally how we see ourselves. Uh, and you know, when we're feeling frustrated or not heard or, um, dismissed often, um, then, you know, it's definitely somebody else's fault and they need to change. And, you know, I'm, you know, why can't they see how good I am sort of thing. <laughs> and so I think, you know, we do a bit of reflection on where is our ego interrupting our days and how do we let go of some of it so that we can look at those interpretations and we can look at how we're responding to things from our ego. Um, so I think, yeah, those, those often take a while to work through that, that ego space because it's a little bit confronting to think that, oh, maybe I, maybe I do have a little bit more to do with this than I was originally thinking. Um, so, yeah, takes a while. Well, and my, my husband was a former professional athlete and he played basketball. And one of the things that he said to me early on um, because he knew his, his professional career wouldn't last that long because he <laughs> just because of his skill level and whatnot. But so he always did really well in school because he wanted to get graduate with a good degree so he could get a job as soon as he was done playing professional mm -hmm. sports. So uh, then he goes on to be an executive at IBM. Um, but one of the things he told me, you know, he always uses sports references, uh, but he said that in basketball, you can throw what you think is the most perfect pass, but if your teammate doesn't catch it, it wasn't a good pass. So you have to take personal responsibility for that. So if what you're saying or doing isn't effective, you may think you're perfect and doing it right, but if it's not helping the team or it's not helping your family or it's not helping the other, your, your partner, your marriage partner, or your, you know, the person you're in a relationship with, then you need to take a portion of that responsibility and change things. So mm -hmm. I, you know, I see this as, as that's a life skill right mm. there is mm. taking personal responsibility and getting your ego out of the way and saying, okay, what's our goal or end goal here is to have this, a good marriage, a good communication, uh, a good team work, you know, or what, what was our end goal and how can I facilitate that better by changing my own behavior? So I think that's a life skill right there that everybody, you know, whether going, they're going back into the workforce or not can benefit. From, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Know? And most of what I teach is life skills. Because, yeah. you know, that's, that's what makes good leaders is good life skills. Uh, so yeah, it, it definitely. Um, and, and just on that, that basketball, like that just reminded me of, of 
the communication part of leadership as well, which is huge. And, and the exact same thing. If you're saying something, that's not communication. That's just you saying something. How the other person interprets it, that's communication. And that is your responsibility. Um, and so, yeah, exactly the same with, with the basketball pass. It's, it's, and I think I see it as it's a, everybody's 100% responsibility. Right. It's not, you know, you don't get to be in a relationship and have 50% of the responsibility for the relationship. You have 100% of the responsibility. Now, if the other person has 0%, okay, maybe you need to look at, is this the right relationship? <laughs> you need to chat. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, it is, we, we, and it's a hard thing. It's a hard lesson to learn, I yes. think. And, and again, takes some time, but we need to become 100% responsible for our lives. Mm-hmm. So how can women going back into the workforce, right? Um, shifting gears real quick, because I just saw our time and we're running, we're running edge on the, on the time here. How can women learn to be visible in the right ways? Yeah. So one of the things we do as women, particularly as moms, and I, and I love it and I don't love it at the same time is we tend to mother right at work. Um, and I'm guilty of that, especially if you're boss is younger than you um it's a it's a tricky situation where we start to mother our bosses and that's not what you want to be doing Um, (laughs) that's the wrong way (laughs) (laughs) uh we often we get roped into or volunteer to do the mothering type things so we put the morning teas on we bring the scones Mm. um, we throw the birthday parties and and morning teas and um, you know, we, we do the caring at work. And, and while that is a beautiful thing to do, and if you're not looking to get into leadership, if that's, you know, if you're not on a career path, then all of those things are wonderful. And I think I would love if men were doing the exact same thing and, and there's no reason they can't. So, you know, if you're one of those women that loves to do that and it, you know, brings you joy, rope a man in to do it with you so that they start learning, you know, that this is not just a woman thing. This is a, a work thing. This is a caring thing. Um, but if you're on the leadership track, if you're wanting to progress in your career, then you really need to think twice about whether that's how you want to be seen. Because traditionally the, the motherhood role is the caring role, but not necessarily in our culture, at least the leader role. Um, and so we need to start being a little bit more strategic about how we're seen and how we become visible. Um, and I think the best way for me, and there's, there's many ways that I, that I go into, but me personally, the best way I like to become visible is connecting with people on a one-on-one basis. Um, and it, it, you know, it sort of doesn't sound all that visible, but if you build your network up, on a one-to-one basis with people across your organization, not in your little silo, which we often, you know, we get stuck in our little bubbles and in our little silos and we don't look outside of it. But if you can go across the organization, across levels, across, you know, um, like diverse group of people and just start connecting with them one-on-one and keep those relationships going, that will help you get into leadership roles because then you're going to be in people's minds Um, across the organization and so when an opportunity comes up that you may not even hear about they might put your name forward Mm -hmm. yeah I've always found that personal relationships are what have always accelerated my career yes or any even now self-employed it's the relationships and the friendships and people that I have met 
you know, not now you and I are connected, you know, yeah. so I'm thinking, uh, you know, because I deal so much with people's image and teaching them how to present themselves. I can do that outer work. You can do the inner work. Right. Yeah. And so now that we've met each other, it's a personal relationship. Now we can exchange, Hey, let me, you know, Hey, I know who you can go to, go to Rochelle. And then you can say, you know, you may need help with your, your new business. They'll look, go to Colleen, you know, so yeah. that I, I think that personal relationships are the most important thing yeah. um, in life you know, yeah. and, and in business yeah. um, is, you know, they call it networking. I, I call it building new friendships. Yeah. That's, and that's the same. I'm not, I'm an introvert at heart. Um, and so networking scares the life out of me. And the last <laughs> thing I want to be doing is, you know, schmoozing at a cocktail party. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I, yeah, I, I refuse to call this networking, but that <laughs> it is what it is. It's, it's, right. you know, it's, it's building relationships though. And as an introvert that sings to me and I enjoy connecting with people one-on-one. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's, it's one of the ways I teach. There's, there's different ways definitely for, it, right. for extroverts and introverts and and you know you find the way that works well for you mm-hmm. but whatever way it is be strategic about it absolutely yeah. well y'all need to get in touch with rochelle and i have all of her contact information including the link to her complimentary course on confidence which i want everybody to take advantage of because we can all use that uh, all of those links will be in the show notes so make sure that you check those uh, and then vips of course we're going to end this portion of the interview and we're going to continue another portion of the interview for our vips so if you're not a member of the cafe club and you want to be a cappuccino member and continue to get more information uh, from rochelle and all of our other guests because we do this with every guest we record an extra few minutes of the interview um, make sure you check the show notes and get more information about the cafe club as as well. So thank you again so much for getting up early and having a cup of coffee and being with us all the way from Australia. And I just love the Australian accent. So that always helps. (laughs) (laughs) There's something so warm and friendly, you know? So I appreciate you being here, Rochelle. Thanks so much for being our guest. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. I've I've really enjoyed our conversation. Fantastic. All right. Take care and we'll see you next time. Bye now.